Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. You don't always have to like him, but you have to respect him. The Roy Green Show continues. The Roy Green Show continues on the Chorus Radio Network. Last Friday, um, much of uh, what you might have used on the Internet wasn't working. Twitter wasn't working. PayPal wasn't working. Um, Netflix had trouble. Reddit was down. And that's because of a DDoS server attack that took place. Distributed denial of service. And that is where they just overwhelmed the servers. And there was a Dyn Corporation, or DIN, I'm not sure how you pronounce it, D-Y-N, they're based in New Hampshire. They overpowered their servers by just firing massive amounts of gibberish at the servers. They weren't able to handle it anymore, and so they closed down. And the number that I read was 1.3 billion bits of useless information per second. 1.3 billion. And somewhere I read on the weekend, the previously the high was in the hundreds of billions like 300 billion, 400 billion. This was a massive step up if the 1.3 trillion number is correct. And the word is that the uh, hackers organization that says it's behind it, they have bigger targets in mind, and uh, that this was just a dry run. And what the group has said, and they've, they've, one of their, uh, one of, well, an individual who names himself Prophet, P-R, not P-R-O-F-I-T, P-R-O-P-H-E-T, he communicated uh, via text with a reporter in New York and he indicated that what they're going to do next is they're going to attack Russia. And they're going to attack Russia because Russia has been interfering in the U.S. election campaign. So I got probably got a lot of us thinking about what Joe Biden said the other day, that the United States was going to respond when it was ready, when it wanted to, to Russian interference in the U.S. election. So was it possible that... The United States ran this DDoS cyber attack last Friday just to make a point, even though it you know, hurt their own Internet folks. I don't know. But we'll talk to Victor Beitner, the founder and CEO of CybersecurityCanada.com. He'll join us at the end of the hour. Now, what I do want to talk to you about is um, a tweet that I, uh, that I put out on Thursday. And 
the tweet really was quite simple. I uh, I tweeted this, and I just had a thought, and I put it on online, and it was, civil disobedience toward pipeline construction in Canada. Where's the protesters, or where are the protesters, while Saudi oil is being pumped off tankers in Montreal? And that tweet was favorited and retweeted many, many times. Civil disobedience toward pipeline construction in Canada. Where are the protesters while Saudi oil is being pumped off tankers in Montreal? Because I received an email where you were invited to get involved with civil disobedience for any pipeline construction in Canada, really. So that really ticked me off. Because the world needs oil, and we have oil in this country. The world needs oil. It's not going to stop running oil tomorrow or next week or next year or 10 years from now. And we have oil in the oil sands, and it's hugely important to our national economy, and it could be a survival issue for the province of Alberta. And Alberta has underwritten, underwritten folks, the majority of the transfer payments to provinces, maybe your province, for decades through their oil. And are they upset? Yeah. Do they have a right to be upset? You bet they do. So I'm going to do a couple of things here. I'm going to play back for you about six minutes of my interview with uh, Saskatchewan Premier Brad Wall from yesterday. And uh, I asked the Premier a number of things and um, had to do with the carbon tax. The Prime Minister says he's going to deliver. Prime Minister Trudeau stood up, as you know, in Parliament. While the environment ministers were meeting with the federal environment minister, Trudeau's minister, to talk about these things, the boy king jumped up in parliament, just like, you know, Mr. Elbows on steroids, jumped up in parliament and and announced a national carbon tax was going to be coming. Well, that so upset people at the meeting between the provincial environment ministers and territorial environment ministers and the federal environment minister that several of them got up and left. And that is really significant of, uh, I mean, it's indicative of a man who just has, I don't know, a lack of self-control. The Prime Minister of this country, by the way, you can call now at 888-225-8255 or 416-870-6400. And you can share your thoughts on my tweet. And I'll develop this and have more information for you. But the tweet again was civil disobedience toward pipeline construction in Canada, question mark. Where are the protesters while Saudi oil is being pumped off tankers in Montreal? If you have an opinion you want to share on that, 888 8255-416-870-6400 is the number to call. When we come back, I'm going to play back for you about six minutes of my interview with Brad Wall, Premier of Saskatchewan, and then we'll go to your phone calls. Stick around. Compassionate, caring, and cuddly. This is The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Listen back anytime to anything that we air at RoyGreenShow.com in the podcast. I did tweet the uh, interview with Brad Wall 
earlier this morning at Roy Green at the Roy Green Show on Twitter, so you can go there and listen back, or you can listen back at RoyGreenShow.com online. Now, I'm going to play for you about six minutes of the interview with Premier Brad Wall. I wish he were the Prime Minister of this country, but he's not. He's decided, he at least has announced, that he's not going to contest the leadership of the Conservative Party of Canada. Um, wish we could change his mind. But the question that I tweeted and, the, and that I just want you to remember, please, civil disobedience toward pipeline construction in Canada, where are the protesters while Saudi oil is being pumped off tankers in Montreal? And one of the reasons I asked that question was money was poured into Canada in protest to potential tanker traffic off the B.C. coast. About $6 million came from the Tides campaign, according to the Financial Post, to, um, to uh, um, damage the uh, oil sand jay and all those places, right? Where the oil comes from. So the $6 million, this is from the Financial Post. I'm going to read you a bunch of things as we go through the hour. But first, I want you to listen to Brad Wall. And the question that I asked the Premier just before he speaks here is that he said that Saskatchewan would defend itself in the court of public opinion or in the courts of Canada. Have a listen. Well, we've said publicly that we are looking at what legal options we would have should the federal government try to impose this uh, this on Saskatchewan. I think there's a big a big question here, even for provinces that aren't opposed to the Prime Minister's plan. You know, Ontario and Quebec, are they have a cap-and-trade agreement, a cap-and-trade market. They're developing together with California. But consider this, Roy, the last auction for the California cap-and-trade market was 8 bucks a ton. The, the first year of the mandated Trudeau carbon tax is 10 bucks a ton. So what does he do then? Uh, what happens if in year two or three of the Trudeau uh, plan, of the Trudeau carbon tax, the market, the cap-and-trade market that Ontario and Quebec and California are engaged in is only generating a price of $10 a ton? Does he, how, does he, how does he even impose the difference? You know, the extra 10 bucks a ton or whatever ever he deems is to be the, the new national tax slash price on carbon. Uh, we're going to be asking, uh, we've asked our Attorney General and our Justice Ministry to determine what options we have and if we think we have a credible option in the courts we're going to take it i, I had a chance for to talk to the prime minister the day after the surprise announcement and it was disappointing uh, uh prime minister is, is con- has uh, committed himself to a collaborative approach to federalism and i i don't think it gets less collaborative than standing up while the environment ministers are meeting in montreal standing up in the house of commons and unilaterally announcing the plan that ostensibly ministers of the environment are supposed to be working on. But I talked to him the next day and I asked him another question. I said, "Where, surely before you stood up to announce a transformational change to how we tax the economy. That's what this is. This is a huge change. Surely there must be a federal full-blown economic impact assessment so that the federal government can look Canadians in the eyes and say, yes, we're doing this in the name of 1.6% of global emissions and here's what it might mean to your job. The bottom line is they don't have one. They haven't done one. There's some some reports the working groups, the provincial federal working groups have, and that's the one uh, you quoted off the top of the show that talks about carbon leakage where investment might move to non-carbon taxing jurisdictions like the U.S. But there's not an economic impact assessment. And I said in the speech this week, I said, you know, in our province, if you're going to affect two garter snakes and a frog by moving to culvert, we need an economic impact assessment or an environmental impact assessment. Surely there is an economic impact assessment on this transformational tax change, and there isn't. 
But I'm worried about the due diligence that has or has not gone into this. Uh, we can't, the Prime Minister can't tell farmers, people in the oil industry, miners, people in manufacturing, what it's going to do, forestry, what it might do to their jobs. I think we've got, that's, that's, I think that's the very least a government better be able to do when they ask them to take, uh, uh, to take steps in terms of in, any environmental plan. Particularly during an economics uncertain time like today, which the finance minister agrees is, is fact. There was a poll that's, that asked Canadians if they'd support a national carbon tax directed toward creating a green energy if a new pipeline were simultaneously built to deliver Canada's oil and gas to international markets. Premier, I don't understand why the two have to be linked. Build the pipelines because we need to get our oil and gas to international markets. It's for the economic benefit of all Canadians. And discuss the carbon tax separately. Why do they have to be linked? Roy, I could not agree with you more. This is very frustrating that it's almost become de rigueur in this country to link the two and say, well, you know, I guess it's this notion of social license, which everyone has a different definition for. But the fact that you can sort of link these two, that it's a quid pro quo. Look, Western Canada, if you look, self-immolate with a tax on the industries that actually drive your economies. Yeah, then maybe some other region of the country or the federal government might approve your pipeline. Imagine if we did the, apply the test to cars being shipped out of southern Ontario to, across the country. If we ask to measure their greenhouse gas footprint of the cars when they're being manufactured and the life of those cars when they're being driven around, and, and then maybe if the greenhouse gas emissions of that process and those cars uh, were low enough and they met some sort of test, maybe we would allow them on the train, on, <clears throat> on the railroad uh, through the rest of the country. Imagine if we did the same thing to chemicals that are produced off, well, in Ontario or anywhere else, or cement from Quebec. Uh, those that are involved in the steel industry in Quebec do a lot of business in Saskatchewan. Imagine if we said, you know, we, we've checked it out and your steel plants, their emissions are a little high. And so if you would just hit this level, if you would just reduce them to this, then maybe you could continue to do business. But if you don't, we're not buying any more of your steel. That's, it's, not a, it's not a country then, Roy. It's just not a country. It's a series of, of regions that have to, where you have to meet some sort of futile test before your product can move across the country, either from another, perhaps from another subnational, or in this case, from the federal government. And I, I categorically reject that. That's, that's not, that's not a country to me. That's not yeah. how Canada or any other federation should work. Premier, I have about 30 seconds. So far, Justin Trudeau has delivered two, or will deliver two, said he's delivering $2.6 billion to the taxpayer, of taxpayer dollars to the United Nations climate bureaucrats. What are you telling me should do with that? You know, we're saying uh, he's got a, a $2 billion clean fund, a clean energy fund in this country, and that's a good thing. We're saying put the 2.6 into that and uh, let companies like Sask Power in our province find the next generation technology to fit to uh, for the clean coal load that's working in southeast Saskatchewan. Now, let's get the cost lowered so that those 2,400 plants that are on the books are being built in Asia have a chance to be built with technology like ours that burns coal four times cleaner than natural gas because right. that is exactly what's happening. We're saying let's find the technology here, make that available to the developing world and, and other you know places like China so we can actually do something about the problem yep. instead Premier. of taxing it and feeling good about it. So there's uh, about six minutes of my interview with Premier Brad Wall of Saskatchewan yesterday talking about the carbon tax that Prime Minister Trudeau has announced. While the environment ministers were discussing that very thing, Provincially, with the federal counterpart, trying to come up with a solution, a plan, a, a direction. The prime minister suddenly stands up in the House and says, this is it. 
embarrassing his environment minister and angering the provinces enough that several of the ministers got up and walked out. This is not an autocracy. This is a democracy. And while Mr. Trudeau has a majority of seats in Parliament, he doesn't have the right to simply decide without any kind of debate what's going to be going on. Now, I know there's going to be all sorts of green, you're not paying attention. Yes, I am. And I paid attention when I heard Prime Minister, at least a Premier, I want him to be Prime Minister, Premier Wall say what the Prime Minister is planning and doing is not a country to him. Well, the Prime Minister of Canada, and you know this, told the New York Times that Canada is the first post-nation state. So it's not a country. And we don't have a, what is it? We don't have a common, what was the word, a common identity. Uh, so my tweet again on Thursday was, Civil disobedience toward pipeline construction in Canada? Where are the protesters while Saudi oil's been pumped off tankers in Montreal? And there was a lot of response. My number is 888-225-8255-416-870-6400. want to talk to you about that. I want to just get your response to what you heard from the Premier, if you listened yesterday or today. And the idea of the carbon tax... And the fact that there is no economic impact assessment done of what the carbon tax would do to the country. But we know that in 2014, Australia abandoned its, repealed its carbon tax. And here's from the Australian government website directly. The repeal of the carbon tax will directly benefit households and businesses by placing downward pressure on prices, particularly electricity and gas prices. Aha. Now, we can take this into Ontario, where electricity prices are soaring upward, and they're not going to stop. Ross McKittrick, the, the economics professor from the University of Guelph, told us yesterday that's not going to happen because contracts have been signed with suppliers, and those contracts are going to have to be met, and those pay fees are going to have to be paid. And whether you whether or not you, you use less electricity is not going to matter. Your, your, your electricity rates are going to soar nevertheless. Up 80% over the last, between 2004 and 2014, just Toronto and Ottawa. But anyway, <laughs> Premier Wynne says it's all for the better. Australia dumped its carbon tax. The repeal of the carbon tax will directly benefit households and businesses by placing downward pressure on prices, particularly electricity and gas. We're going to have to choose between heat and meat, folks. My number is 888 What do you have to say? What questions do you want to ask? What's your point of view? And I'll share some more information with you in the next half hour. We'll come back and take your calls.